This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Northwest Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth, according to the New Testament. Come worship with us Sunday mornings at 1030 at 1708 Elm Springs Road in Springdale, Arkansas. I'd like to join the other brethren in welcoming everybody here this morning. I appreciate the prayers on my behalf. Um, and it's my prayer that the things that we study will first and foremost be in strict accordance to God's Word. And also it will be useful to you and help you apply it to your Christian walk as we continue on together. For a little while this morning, I want to talk about the story of David versus Goliath. You know, many people today, I'm assuming everybody here knows the story of David versus Goliath and what, what actually happened. Um, you know, Goliath was a giant. David was a small man, and, and David killed the giant with a sling and a stone. And I, like most people, sometimes I fail to lose sight of how great of an impact this really was, what really happened during this story, and how, how much magnitude it really played throughout the history of the whole Israelite nation. So for a little while today, I want to dive into what the Bible really says about the story of David and Goliath. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. That's where we're going to get our text. We're going to go ahead and read just about the whole chapter, and it's going to be a little bit of a lengthy reading, but I think it's necessary to make sure we really hear from God's Word about David versus Goliath. So we're going to pick it up in 1 Samuel chapter 17, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle, and were gathered together at Socho, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Socho and Azekah and Ephes Damon. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they pitched by the valley of Elah, and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was of five thousand shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear's head weighed six hundred shekels of iron. And one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come to set your battle in array? Am, am not I a Philistine and ye the servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you. And let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard those words with the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of, of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem Judah, whose name was Jesse. And he had eight sons, and the, men went among, and the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of his three sons which went to battle were Eliab, the firstborn, and the next unto him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. And David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself forty days. And Saul said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah this parched corn and these ten loaves and run to the camp to thy brethren and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousands and look how the brethren fare and take their pledge. Now Saul and they, 
and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to a trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of his keeper of the carriage. And he ran to the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with him, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up, and it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches, and will give him his daughter, and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the man that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth the Philistine, and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered after him this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why comest thou hither? And with whom hast thou left the few sheep in the wilderness? I know the pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And Saul said to David, Let no man's heart fail him, but fell because of him, thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go fight against this Philistine, to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took the lamb out of the flock. And I went after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing as he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hands of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head, and he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded up his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off. And he took in his staff, he took his staff in his hand, and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, and which were in the shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip and his sling, which was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near to David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. When the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth. And ruddy and a fair countenance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with sword and with spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day 
and to the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all the assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and with spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistines arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a sloan and slang it, and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and that it, he fell upon the face of the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling, with a stone, and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and sat upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And all the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until thou come into the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way of Sherem, even unto Gath and unto Ekron. And the children of Israel returned from chasing their Philistines, and they spoiled those tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, and he put his armor in his tent. So there we have it. I know that was kind of a lengthy reading, but I think it's necessary to really get into what really happened with David and Goliath. So now we're going to break down this story and really bring out a lot of detail to make sure that we all know really what happened. You know, we use this as sometimes a children's story to talk about how the underdog can defeat the big guy. We use it a lot. We see it a lot in sports analogies. But now after reading through this, I think you can see this is a lot more than just a sports analogy. It's a lot more than just a story of an underdog feeding the big guy. So what I want to do is just kind of look through. Here is what we have. This is a picture of the Valley of Elah. This is where the Philistines were fighting against the Israelites. So you had the Israelites on one side of the mountain, you have the Valley of Elah in the middle, and then you have the Philistine, the Israelites on one side, the Philistines on the other side, you have this valley in between them. So what was happening is you would have this, this giant by the name of Goliath of Gath. Now he was the champion. When you look at all the people of Gath, a lot of them were giants. So a lot of them were big. So we can look and we can think about Goliath, that he was the champion, he was the best that they had that he was kind of a giant of the giants. So he was the biggest that they had. And he was so big that if you remember when we read the story of the Israelites, that they were battling against the Israelites, or the Philistines. The Israelites were battling against the Philistines. Goliath would come out and make his call that says, send me a man that we may fight one-on-one -on -one and basically win or take all. When he would do that, all the Israelites would run away. So they were fighting against the Philistines. As soon as Goliath would come out, they took off. So you can see this was a pretty big guy. So his, he would come out and he would take this battle on. Now the Israelites, which were God's army, they were greatly afraid and they would not go out to fight when they saw Goliath. Now Goliath would call morning and evening. And what I want you to make sure you, you heard is that he did this for 40 days. He did it morning and evening for 40 days. So 80 times Goliath would come out and say, send me a man one-on-one -on -one that we may fight against him. And 80 times, all the people of the Israelites refused. And they were afraid, including Saul, the king. Now, if you remember a description that we have of Saul, Saul was the first king of, over Israel. And it said Saul stood head and shoulders above everybody else in the Israelites, and he looked the way a king should look. So Saul was a pretty big guy himself. But he wasn't going against Goliath. He wasn't strong enough or, or had enough courage to go against Goliath. So then you have David 
who was a young shepherd boy. Now, a lot of times we, we hear the story and we read it in children's books that he was a young boy. He wasn't really a young boy. He was about 20 years old at this time. But he was a young man. And David was sent by his father, Jesse, to stop taking care of the sheep and to go check on his brother. So he does that. That's in verse 17 through 20. And now David hears this Goliath and he hears him calling out. And his first response is, well, who is this guy? He's defying the armies of the living God. Like, yeah, he may be a big guy, but we've got God on our side, so who is he? So David isn't afraid to go fight with this Philistine. And finally, he persuades Saul to let him go fight. Remember, he said that he was keeping the sheep, and there was a lion and the bear that came out and took a, a sheep out of the flock. And he went and he killed that lion and bear with his bare hands. And he's going to go do the same thing with this Philistine. He's just going to go kill him. So God delivered David out of the, the paw of the lion and the bear, and God was going to deliver him out of the hand of this Philistine as well. So David draws nearest to fight Goliath, and he goes out. Now David doesn't have any armor with him. He tried to put on Saul's armor, but it was too big. Remember, Saul's a really big guy. David's kind of a small guy. He tries to put on his armor, tries to take his sword, but he's not used to fighting like that. David hasn't gone to battle, and he hasn't done this. Day. He's, a, he's a keeper of the sheep. Right? So David puts off all that armor and he just goes out. So David takes with him the armor of God. Now as he's going, Goliath continues to curse David and defies God. And David says, you're cursing God and I'm coming to you in the name of God. And I'm going to kill you and all the Philistines so that all of you will know there is a God and that he's the one who delivers us. And of course, David defeats Goliath. Now it's interesting that David didn't have a sword. So he goes and has a slinging stone. He, he slings it. The stone sinks into the Goliath's forehead where it, he knocks him down. Basically, he knocks him out, but it doesn't kill him at that point. So David doesn't really have a way to, keep, to kill him. So he goes and he takes Goliath's own sword out, and he cuts Goliath's head off with his own sword, and that's what kills him. Now, now you see a complete change of attitude between both the Philistines and the Israelite army. Now the Philistines are running, and the Israelite army is chasing them. So there's a little bit of a rundown of the story. Now I want to get into some, some detail. The first thing we look at when we see Goliath is Goliath's height. And in verse 4, it says he's six cubits in a span. So what does that really mean? Well, when you look at that, six cubits in a span, some scholars believe that a cubit is about 18 inches, and some believe it's about 21 inches. So depending upon which kind of cubit you're looking at, basically his height would have ranged from about 9 foot 6 inches tall to 11 feet tall, somewhere in there, okay? Said he had this coat of mail. The coat of mail would have been, you've seen some of the old videos where they have kind of like woven metal that, that goes together, it's on the front of them. That's, that's a coat of mail, and it's for protection. Now this coat of mail, it says it weighed about 5,000 shekels of brass. To give you an idea, that's about 150 pounds. So that takes a lot. That takes a pretty big guy to wear 150 pounds on his chest for protection. It also says that he had a spear like a weaver's beam. So just to kind of give you an idea, this weaver's beam, when you look at it, what it would be, this really long spear, and then it had this cord that's kind of wrapped around it. Um, so basically it was intended to throw. And I want you to think about throwing this kind of like throwing a football. When you throw it, it spirals, right? Well, that's what this weaver's beam kind of spear would look like. It had this cord around it, so you would throw it and it would spiral. When you have a spiral, you get more uh, control of where you want it to go. So that was this spear. It also said he has a helmet and greaves and target of brass. Now, of course, we know what helmet is. Greaves are going to be like shin guards. So that's going to be things that go over your shin. That's going to be of brass. And then also a target, that's a, a plate on his back 
So he has a coat of mail on his front and a target he has this plate on his back of brass. Um, now he also had another servant to carry his shield. So he had even more armor. So this servant would carry his shield so they would go to battle and then he would take the shield from him. And then Paul or Saul described him as a man of war since his youth. So this wasn't just a big guy with a lot of armor. He was trained for this. Like he was ready to go. So I want you to get this picture in your head of this Goliath standing out before the, the armies of the Israelites. And he is fully suited up. He's ready to go and he's trained up ready for battle. And he's calling out saying, send one guy. Send your best. Let's go one-on-one. -on -one. If I beat him, then you're going to be my servants. And if he beats us, then we'll be your servants. So this was a big guy. Now let's look at what that really looks like. So he said the coat of mail is about 150 pounds. So just to kind of give you an idea, that's about the size of a small calf. A calf that's born that's maybe a month or two old, that's going to be about the size of him. So I want you to get this idea. That's a lot of weight that he's putting on his chest. Okay? And then he says he's got a spear. Now, he, took, he gives us a little bit of detail of how that spear is. So the spear would have like an 18-pound iron head. To give you an idea, that's about two gallons of milk. So I want you to think about holding two gallons of milk. That's not super easy to do stuff with. Well, that's just the head, the iron head that's on this spear. The whole spear would have weighed about 37 pounds, and it would have been approximately 26 feet long. So think about this guy that's 10 foot high, 26 foot long spear with an 18 pound iron head on it and he's about to throw it at you that's a pretty big deal right so he's he's a big guy now it also says he has a sword with him now the sword is described later on as being one of a kind so in in first samuel chapter 21 verse 8 and 9 this is after david defeated him now he's running from saul and he goes and, and there's he gets the sword again so it says, And David said unto Ahimelech, And is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If thou wilt take it, take it. For there is none other save that here. And David said, There is none like that. Give it me. So David described this sword of Goliath as one of a kind. Now, if you can imagine, you've got this, you know, 9 to 11 foot tall guy. It probably would be a one of a kind sword. Typically, they would make swords depending upon your height, how strong you are, how balanced it would be so that you could use it. This probably was a one of a kind sword. It was a big one, right? And David was not a very big guy. So this guy, I mean, he was ready to go for battle. He had all this stuff, all this armor. He was trained up. He was ready to go. And that's who, who David was going to go out and defeat. Now let's look at David on the other hand. So we see Goliath. We're going to say he's approximately 10 foot tall. It's, it describes David as about 20 years old. He's small in stature. He was ruddy. He was fair complected. He had, had red hair. So when you think about David, he was going to be a relatively small guy. We estimate that he was approximately half the height of Goliath. So if he's small in stature, he's probably going to be somewhere 5'3 to 5'6 and 20 years old. So if Goliath is 10 to 11 foot tall, he's going to be about half the height of Goliath. He's going to come up to approximately his waist. That's a big guy versus a pretty little guy. But David, we have a lot of descriptions about him too. So David was the youngest of eight brothers. So he had seven brothers that were all older than him. 
And he was the youngest, so he was a keeper of the sheep. So what he would do is he would take care of the flock, and typically how they would keep the sheep is they would be out there with them almost all the time. They'd be roaming with them. They didn't have you know fences and pastures like we do now. They just had big open spaces. So David would go out, and he would be a keeper of the sheep. So he had to protect them. But he wasn't necessarily a fighter. He wasn't a warrior. Three of his oldest brothers were. So he had three of his oldest brothers that they followed Saul into battle, as it talked about in 1 Samuel 17, but David didn't. It also said that David um, couldn't wear Saul's armor, as it talked about in verse 38 and 39, because it, it was too big for him. It was too, too much. So David didn't have any armor with him. So he chose a sling and some, and some small stones, it talks about in verse 40, and he took that to battle. So on one hand, you got this huge guy, fully armored up, trained from battle since his youth versus this little guy with a sling and a few stones, and he has really no training. And he's going, they're going to go fight against each other. So that's kind of the story that we have. Now, even though David didn't have the armor of men, he came with the armor of God. In Psalms chapter 44, verse 6 and 7, David wrote, For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved me from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. So this has been David's mentality is that he's coming to him with the Lord of hosts. So he had full confidence and assurance that God was going to deliver him. So now let's look at the mentality of how was David actually able to defeat Goliath? Well, the first thing, he enters into it with the power of God. He also enters into it with no fear. Remember, it talks about that when the Philistine came towards him, he saw him and he ran towards him. He was running to meet the problem head on. That, that screams no fear. He's going to go just take care of business, and he knows God's with him. He also didn't let other people deter him. When we see that, that he was calling out and he was saying, well, what's going to happen to the man that kills this Philistine before he goes into battle? Do you remember what his brother said? If we look in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 28, it says, And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the man, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why comest thou thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left the few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thy heart, for thou hast come down that thou mightest see this battle. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? So he was having people telling him, Don't go. He knew that Eliab was saying that he knew David was just coming so he could see the battle, so he could see what's going on. He didn't really come for the right purpose. Now we know the real reason why he came is because his father Jesse sent him to send food to their brothers and make sure that they were doing okay. But Eliab was trying to talk him out of it and saying, you don't need to be here. You just need to go back and take care of the sheep. And then also, if you remember Saul, the king, the king of Israel was trying to talk him out of it. Remember, he said, you can't go to war with this guy. He's been trained up from war since his youth, and you're just a little child. You're a kid, right? You can't go fight against this guy. So he had people talking against him, but his mentality was the confidence was not in himself. The confidence was in God. And he knew that God was going to go take care of business, and he was just going to be used as a tool to go do that. So this mentality helped him be quite victorious over him. Now, we have another story of David that's unrelated to this one, but it, it brings up a good point, and that's when David went against Bathsheba. You remember after David was king, that he was king, he could pretty much have whatever he wanted, uh, that he was on his rooftop and he saw this fair woman uh, washing herself in the water about midnight. Well, we remember the story that David failed miserably in that one. So I'm just curious, how was David able to be so successful against Goliath? And then when he goes, to, he goes against Bathsheba, that he fell so miserably. 
Let's look at that story in 2 Samuel chapter 11. In verse 2 it says, And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her and came in unto her, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness. And she returned to, a, to her house. So David knew from the very beginning that she was already the wife of some other man. And he knew that it was going to be committing adultery, but he gave in to his own temptation. So let's look at David's mentality versus Goliath versus David's mentality with the story of Bathsheba. When he was against Goliath, his mentality was that he trusted God, he did it to save God's army, and he also allowed the Lord to lead him. Now when we have the story of Bathsheba, who from a physical standpoint was no comparison to Goliath, he gave in to his self-desires, he lost sight of God's will, and he had no regard for fellow man, specifically Uriah the Hittite, Bathsheba's husband. So when you look at that, his mentality is what led him to either being victorious or to failing miserably. So we can see that David's attitude going into the situation against Goliath was to trust in God and to do His will. In Psalms chapter 18, verse 2 and 3, it says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. This is how David was victorious against Goliath, is that he had this confidence in the Lord. So when we think about this story, we can look about all these different things, and we can say, you know, this was thousands and thousands of years ago. It's a good story, and there's some things that we can learn from it, but how does it really apply to us today? What specifically can we learn from David that we can apply in our lives? Well, the first thing is we can learn that he had confidence in the Lord to deliver him. In verse 37 of Psalms, 1 Samuel 17, it said, David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. We can see this confidence that he had in God. That this was before he goes and takes care of business against Goliath. And we can see that he knows God's going to deliver him. He has 100% assurance that he's going to go and take care of it. Also, we can see in Psalms chapter 18, verse 1 and 2, it says to the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord who spake unto the Lord the words of this song and the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. So this is what David wrote in Psalms chapter 18. And he says he wrote this and he said it when he was going against the hand of all of his enemies. If you remember on later in the story of David, that now David has to be running from the king of Saul because Saul was trying to kill him for different things. And he says the same thing when he's running against Saul. So this is David's confidence in God to deliver him out of the hand of his enemies. The second thing that we can see, the lesson from David, is that he took action to face the problem head on. So it wasn't just a confidence that he had in God that God is going to go take care of all of his problems for him. David followed that up with action. In verse 48 and 49 it says, And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. 
And David put his hand in his bag and took them to Sloan and slang it and smote the Philistine in the forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and then he fell upon the face of the earth. If you look right there at the end of verse 48, it says, And David hasted and ran toward the army of the Philistine. He saw the problem. The problem was presenting itself. He had confidence in God, which was leading him. But then he took action. He takes off and he runs after the Philistine. He wasn't, he wasn't afraid of it. He was going to take action and make sure that, that he took care of business. The third lesson that we have is sometimes people around us won't be supportive. And that's specifically talking about David's brother Eliab. It says, And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why comest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left a few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiest of thy heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. You know, sometimes, like, like David faced, the people weren't very supportive to encourage him and to give him what he needed. And yet, that didn't deter him to go do what he knew he needed to do because his confidence was in God. He didn't need the confidence in other men to, to be able to go take care of business. And the fourth lesson we can learn is David gave all the glory to God. In verse 45 through 47, it says, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, and with the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and I will take thine head from thee, and I will give it to the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day, and to the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, and that and all the assembly may know that the Lord saveth not with sword or with spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So David, even though when he was facing against the Philistine giant, when he was facing Goliath right there, he still gave the glory to God. And he was telling them that this is God's battle. God is going to take care of this. And when I come over there and kill you, it's God killing you. So this is what, what uh, David did, was he gave all the, glory of, uh, all the glory of the victorious battle to God. So, you know, this is a very interesting story. And when we look at David versus Goliath, and I think we can see kind of going into detail that this is not just some child story and it's not just some, some reference that we can use in modern day sports analogies, but this is a really big impact. Remember that you had Goliath, that he was standing in front of the, the Israelites and saying, send one man, and they were going to be their servants if that one man lost. So this was a really big deal. What if David would have gone against Goliath and he would have lost? Well, then all of Israelites would have had to, to bow down unto the Philistines and follow after them. So this is a really big thing that happened. Now, these events happened thousands of years ago. So the next thing we want to look at is how can we actually use this today? How does this apply to us today as Christians? Well, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, we're probably not going to walk out of this building and run into a Philistine giant named Goliath. But we have battles today too. We have battles that are always in front of us, and, and sometimes they can feel as big as a Goliath that David is facing. So the truth is that we have the same God that was able to help David against his Goliath is the same God that we have today that's helping us against our Goliath. <clears throat> so the next question I want to look at, and I want you to just ponder on for a second, is what is your Goliath? What are you facing today that sometimes can just seem overwhelming? 
and it's standing in front of the valley and it's calling you out to come battle against him. What is your Goliath? Is it other sin problems? Is it anger, greed, pride, envy? Sometimes it's just problems of the world we live in. Sometimes it's health challenges. Sometimes financial challenges or different relationship issues we may be going with. Sometimes we have these problems in our life and they just seem to be so big and they keep mounting on and mounting on and mounting on just as Goliath did for 40 days and 40 nights and he's calling them out. He's calling them out to come battle and sometimes we don't see a way through it. So we look at this. We look at the problems that we face. Now we know as Christians that we have armor just the same that, that David had armor. may not be a physical armor, but we have the armor of God. In Ephesians 6, verse 13, it says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So we have this armor of God. And we know with this armor of God, just as David was delivered out of the hand of Goliath, you can be delivered out of the hand of your Goliath as well. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, the first thing that we see is David had to repent of his sin with, with Bathsheba. Remember when he was confronted by Nathan the prophet that David had to repent. And when he repented, he was delivered out of that. 2 Samuel 12 verse 13 and 14 it says, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord hath also put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Howbeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. You know, if your Goliath today is a sin problem, you need to look at David's response when he faced a sin problem and follow that example and repent. And one thing I want to point out is, so David repented and God put away the sin so that David wouldn't die. But did, did that solve all of David's problems? It didn't. Sometimes that when we sin, we can have forgiveness of sin, but that doesn't mean we're not going to have any lingering physical effects or, or uh, effects here on earth from that sin that we had, just as David had. And yet, we're still delivered from the sin that, that God delivers us from. We may not be experiencing, uh, we may not experience being delivered from our Goliath in this life, but we can always look to the hope that we'll be delivered from our Goliath in the next life. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 22, it says, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth shall, to the end shall be saved. When you look at that word endureth, that usually means that there's some sort of battle or there's some sort of hardship that you're facing. You don't endure something that's easy. You don't endure something that's going your way. You endure something that you don't want to face. That's what the word endurance means. So Jesus says, he that endures to the end, keep battling, keep, keep fighting, keep doing what you need to be doing, and you just keep going to the end, and Jesus will save us. We also know that Jesus will come back to save us. In John 14, verse 1 through 3, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So Christ is going to raise us up. If we stay faithful to the end, Christ will raise us up. And we know that when He does, that all of our problems, all of the Goliaths that we may be facing today, they're going to be over. You know, we sing a song, and that song it says, No Tears in Heaven. I want you to think about, do we have no tears here on earth? 
Absolutely not. We have tears all the time. We have hardships. We have problems. We have these different challenges that we're facing, and it can be really hard. But the hope that we have through Jesus is that when we get to that heavenly home with Him, there's not going to be any more tears. It's not going to be any more hardships. It's not going to be any more battling. That's the true deliverance that we can look, look to. So when we think about the Goliath that's in your problem, sometimes we look at Goliath as a really big problem we see no way to get through. But let's look at it from God's perspective. How does God see Goliath? How does He see the giant that, that was on the earth? And also, how does He see the Goliath that's in your life? Well, if you remember, God created the earth, right? So for us to see something big as in Goliath, that's a pretty small thing compared to how God sees it when He created the whole earth. And not just the whole earth, but God created everything. When you think about the earth compared to the entire everything that we have, that it's still even unknown how big space really is, it's, it's no limits to it, earth is really small. And then how big Goliath is compared to that earth. Now I want you to think about your problem. You look at the problem like there's no way around it, there's no way through it, there's no way to overcome it sometimes. But remember, you put your confidence in God, and how does God look at that problem? God looks at that problem like it's, it's nothing. We can take care of it. We can always take care of it through Him. So let's keep our confidence in God, and let's make sure that we're following after Him. So here's some things to consider through the coming week. Number one, what Goliath are you facing right now? What's the problem in front of you that you can't see any way around? Number two, where are you putting your confidence to overcome it? Are you truly putting your confidence in God to help you get through that problem? Or are you putting that confidence in yourself? Number three, are you taking significant action to defeat your Goliath? Remember, David took action. We put our confidence in God and we take action to make sure we fix the problem. Are you taking significant action to defeat your Goliath? And number four, what can you do to better prepare yourself for the battle? So David, he went and he got a sling and he chose five stones that he would take with him. And he was ready for the battle. What can you do to prepare yourself for the battle? Some of you this morning may be thinking, you know, I really don't have any problems. Everything's going pretty easy. I really don't have a Goliath I'm facing right now. I know some people do, but I don't. I mean, everything seems to be okay. Well, your time's coming. We know that another Goliath is right around the corner. David wasn't expecting to see Goliath when he went to check on his brothers. But, he, but it was there. And he was ready for it, and he took care of business. Sometimes a Goliath is going to show up in your life when you don't expect it. So make sure you're prepared. Do what you got to do. So when we read about the story of David versus Goliath, I hope I brought out some more detail that maybe you didn't realize was in the story. Goliath was a pretty big guy, and he was very well equipped. And yet, David was still victorious because he put his trust and confidence in God, and he took care of action to take care of it. So as we close this, this lesson, I want you to just think about a couple of things. Is what Goliath are you facing? What help do you need? If it's a sin problem and you haven't come to Christ and given your life to Him in baptism, I'm here to tell you there is no possible way that you can overcome that problem by yourself. But Jesus can. Jesus has offered you the solution. And let's put our confidence in Him. If you need to wash away your sins in baptism, don't wait. Let's get that Goliath off your back. Let's take care of business so that you can move on with a new conscience and free life. 
Or if you have been baptized into Christ, but you're just facing problems, whatever those problems may be, that's what we're here for is your brothers and sisters in Christ. We can pray with you. We can study with you. We can give you the support that you need so that we can be that encouraging factor to help you continue on. If you'd like to give your life to Christ or you need the support of the church for any reason, just come and let your request be made known. Have a seat on this front pew while we stand and sing the song that's been selected. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from God's Word. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Christ, send us a message at facebook.com slash cfcnwa. To find more sermons, look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and like our Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and God bless.